boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. It's a brand new year in the Total She's universe. We don't take ourselves too seriously around here. Wait a minute. Actually, Producer Chris, I know you take yourself very seriously, but it's been a great start to the Total She show. We're putting 2022 behind us, and we're focusing solely on 2023. But before we get started on our first show, a couple of days ago, last Wednesday, Bob Holiday, Doc Holiday, the former WWF and WWE promoter in Winnipeg, passed away uh, after a lengthy bout against cancer, I believe, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, but everyone's childhood memory of the first show they ever went to generally goes back to a WWF event at the Winnipeg arena. And that was promoted by Bob holiday and his good work over decades led to WWF and WWE having more confidence to bring more shows here. And the type of stars they brought were thanks to Winnipeg being a BT B town instead of a C town. So when you saw Randy Savage or The Undertaker or The Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, the few times he made Winnipeg a stop, it was thanks to the good work of Bob Holiday. So we wanted to start the show and talk about that. Um, yeah, and not, I don't think he gets enough credit for that because I can remember a time period in Winnipeg where Winnipeg was getting house shows and they were very poorly, I wouldn't say poorly, but the, the rosters on the house shows were left a lot to be desired. And as a fan, I remember like thinking, why can't we get a raw? We're, we're big enough. We're, we're into it enough. Are you talking about in the early two thousands? Yeah. And Bob holiday worked really hard. Yeah. He's the reason why they gave us the back-to-back TVs in 2004. I remember that. And the reason was not because of Winnipeg, not drawing. It was actually because routing was an issue Yeah, because to do Winnipeg, you need to have another town within three hours where you can get the trucks to the next city. At the time they were doing Monday, Tuesday tapings for Monday night, Raw and Thursday night. Smackdown and it was Bob who convinced the WWF WWE powers that be hey you could do two nights we can do two nights and they they liked the arena the old arena they liked enough because it was a square building and Bob was big on that Uh, there's so many things that Bob did that fans won't even realize. Uh, and such a kind guy too. Like I met him Always had time twice, for people. And yeah, always had time to talk to you. Yeah, he was, uh, Slam Wrestling ran a great article. We shared it on our social media, but he was in charge of Winnipeg and Brandon, Saskatchewan and North Dakota. So if you're in any of those territories and you're thankful that you got the WWF and WWE shows you did, it was in no small part to Bob Holiday. So, you know, Godspeed. Godspeed. And uh, yeah, to the people I know that are are that knew Bob and loved Bob, my deepest condolences. And I think obviously of Joe Aiello and I think of Doug Lunny and Bushwhacker Luke. And it was, I had the good fortune of working with a lot of WWE guys. And one of the first things they'd say when they got to town is, you know, how's Bob holiday doing? Yeah. You know, so I, I have a story of Bob holiday and road warrior Hawk, but I'm not going to share it today. Cause uh, I just want people to know that Bob's in there, you know, He's in our hearts and our prayers and yep. anyone affected by his passing, whether it be family or friends, our deepest condolences. So, and, uh, all right, Chris, it's the first show yes. of 2023. Man, are Winnipeg wrestling fans really being spoiled right now? Yeah. Actually, Canadian wrestling fans are being spoiled. I saw the pictures from Top Talent in Alberta 
right before Christmas when they had Josh Alexander in and wow. Yeah. Part of that's venue, but they drew over 350 fans. Justin and his team there, uh, Harlan Abbott, uh, Big Jess, a lot of my friends work there. I'm so proud of those guys. Uh, Winnipeg Pro, yeah. they did it uh, They did it uh, in early December. They're coming back in January. CWE's really loading the gun there. They're in a they're drawing really good in the in the fall, so that's going to carry over into the spring. We're now into the playoff season of the wrestling business. Yes. In wrestling, from January until April, because of WrestleMania, you get Royal Rumble, then you get WrestleMania. So these four months are where it's at for wrestling fans. And I've always said that this was going to be a key four months for our podcast in terms of growing it, because more people are interested in wrestling at this time of year. It's like the NFL playoffs is the NHL playoffs. It's like the Olympics. You're going to go from Rumble to Mania, and you're going to want more wrestling. Winnipeg, remember I said Impact Wrestling should come here. Yes, you did. Winnipeg proved what I said. We are the Chicago of the North. Chicago is the wrestling capital of the United States. Well, in Winnipeg, All Elite Wrestling put their tickets on sale right before Christmas, and over 6,000 people bought a very hefty ticket price. A lot of people paid $170 for a ticket. For the real good ones. Yeah, yeah. the worst seats in the house are like $50. Their ticket price is very enormous, gigantic. But the wrestling fans of Winnipeg have supported. Now everyone's saying, oh, Chris Jericho and Kenny. When I imitate people that I read, (laughs) that's that's my voice voice, that I'm reading. Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are on the show. Of course they would draw. No. Do you know who the most popular wrestler in Winnipeg is on the All Elite roster? Mm. I bet you it's Orange Cassidy. I don't agree with it, but I bet you he's one of the most popular. I would say you're probably right. Because why, if you're a wrestling fan, you love Kenny Omega. You can't possibly love the way he's being booked by All Elite. No. And if you love Chris Jericho, you probably like the way he's being booked, but... I don't think you love Chris Jericho the way you did in, say, 2005 or 10. No, and he's not being smashed over like he did. He seems to be working with a lot of guys and trying to make He put make over new, the guy. Yeah, uh, make yeah, new stars. Put, he, did the under, he, put the, he did the Scott Hall for 123 Kid with yeah. that uh, ace, uh, ace Andretti. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, and w- beautifully done. Yeah. So, March 13th is the date, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, March, March 13th or 16th. Oh, I forget now. Well, we're talking about when yeah. AEW is in Winnipeg, and it's going to be one of those nights. There's seven, close to 7,000 tickets sold. It's going to be an epic night for Winnipeg wrestling fans. But in the meantime, there's going to be Winnipeg Pro Wrestling is going to run a show. Uh, CWE is going to run a show or two, uh, even Primo's. Um, and I say that like it's lesser than. It's really not lesser than, but it, the two big ones are Winnipeg Pro and and CWE. March fourteenth. March thirteenth. I had the age rate, yeah. the date rating right. Uh, March fourteenth. All elites in town. So what I think wrestling fans need to do is pat yourselves on the back. Yeah. Because you made a statement. I just happen to be the guy that vocalizes the statement. When I say to Impact Wrestling, get off your asses and get to Winnipeg. It's because you proved you'll support it. Yeah. And. But you also can prove you, you'll support it by helping Winnipeg Pro Wrestling continue their sellout string. Get your CWE ticket. Prove it there. Prove it, in, prove it at Primo's. When Winnipeg is, is really hot, 
with the indies. Then I can go back to my friends at Impact Wrestling and say, how long are you going to wait? Yeah. How many times are you going to go to the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta? How many times are you going to go to Louisville? How many times are you going to go to Miami? Well, I've, I've got a question about that. Okay, um, let's hear I, I want to circle back around to something else, but let's talk, let's talk about that. Uh, do you think that Impact's maybe missed the bell already? No. Because... I mean, we've got Ollie coming through. WWE is coming through, I believe, as well. We don't know that. No, but I've heard I've I've heard rumblings that it's fairly close after All Elite. They're trying to get in again. So I've heard that, but they would be announcing it. I I don't I don't know about and, that. And you've got Winnipeg Pro, like I said. And you've you, we've got such a, a okay. So we're, we've got an embarrassment of riches in Winnipeg. So ask the question. So is has Impact missed missed the bell? Because that's, that's, that's the first part of the question. That's, that's all, the only part of the question. That's all the question because. There is only a finite amount of entertainment dollar to go around, and if people are supporting Primos and supporting WPW and supporting CW and supporting that's in, it's uh, a long question. All, you're getting all elite, to. are they going to support Impact? Yes. Or, yes. Okay. So what I what I drew the picture for for Impact, I said, okay, listen, the last two WWE events were a Raw taping and a SmackDown taping, nine and nine thousand, maybe more than nine thousand on the SmackDown, and they would do that again if they bring TV. I knew All Elite would do well. I said I thought it would sell out. Remember, our, our friend Mecca Shane said, oh, I don't know. Are the main, It's a mainstream audience town. Are they, yeah. They supported it. And it's over 7,000 from what I've heard so yeah, far. Yeah, well, uh, our friend Dave Petro, yeah. the sports doctor, showed me the WrestleTix update. I shared that to social media. It's, it's a healthy amount of tickets. I said Impact account on 1,500 here. If they could get 1,500 in any of those cities in the States, they would throw a party. Yeah. They would. They're going to Atlanta Center Stage Theater. I think that only holds 600 people. My, those, they're like, oh, the cost to do Winnipeg is pretty high. Yeah, but you got a very healthy wrestling market. you got a return, high return, too. Yeah, well, you should have a high return, right? The Kyle Lenses of the world, the, the Sheldon Enharts of the world, the wrestling, the hardcore wrestling fans. I'm telling you, I missed the boat by not starting B-She's Wrestling last fall. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, yeah it's like, too late for you, but not for Impact. Well, exactly. Because <laughs> the, the fans are hungry for good wrestling and they're supporting it, right? All, Impact isn't missing it. Now, if they get into the summer... Yeah. And WWE comes back with a TV and, and all elite announces the second date, then they might miss it and it'll be their own fault. I told Leonard Asper in October, why are you not bringing TV to Winnipeg? He said, you know what? I want to, well, here we are three months later, it's time to do it. But if you miss the boat, where's major league wrestling? Where is the NWA? Why are they, why is major league wrestling not getting in touch with Winnipeg pro and saying, Hey, I've heard great things about what you're doing up there. We would like to partner. We'd like to collaborate. Where's Billy Corgan with the NWA chasing his tail. Yeah. And, and that's just a huge disappointment. What the NWA has become, but a high level ND could come into Winnipeg and partner with a high level local and do an amazing show. And and it would look amazing. I think MLW and it would, would be help great. strengthen yeah. the Winnipeg market that I'm the guy screaming about how healthy it is. Right? I'm the one saying these these promoters running 200 seat venues. You're crazy. Right? The time is right. 2023 is the time for major league wrestling, for NWA, for Impact to come here. That second tier, but they're going to miss the boat. They're going to end up making it where Mike Davidson has to come be the second tier again. I did it in 2010. I thought it was impossible to do in 2010 when the competition was less. It might be time for me to shut up and practice what I preach. I don't know. 
Put up or shut up, as they say. That's all. And 2023 is going to be an amazing year. Is Vince McMahon going to come back? I don't think so. We talked about that last week. Is Adam Knight going to come back? <laughs> I think so. You think the outlaw uh, rides again? I think he rides again. What do you What do you think? I know you want him to, but do you I think he know, does? Ah, uh, you know it's going to be a stenchy one. I think Candelo is going to book him and say he doesn't care. Oof. I think Primos is looking at him. Now it's going to be: Does Adam Knight want to back door in and not be accountable for what he did? Or I don't think he does it though. I don't think he does that. I don't. I. I. Mm. I know you think I'm an Adam Knight apologist, but I. Th- I think he. I if think, Adam Knight I is think he smart, takes some time. He communicates to CWE and say, "If we can do it right, can I come and do one more?" Yeah, like I said. But I don't know. I think Candelo is going to give him an avenue, and I think Primos is going to give him an avenue, and that's poor choice on their part because you got to go back and re. You got to make amends at the place it happened. Right. Yes. You got to do it right. You can't, because it, it will cause animosity for Danny when he's like, Hey, this guy's, you know, did what he did. I'm not going to say it, but Adam Knight should not want to do it anywhere else. But with the blessing of Danny, with the, with the backing of that locker room that was offended and lost trust in him. That's what I think. Um, we have a lot coming up today. We're hopefully an interview guest who we're waiting to get on yes. the line. He's a, and I wanted this guy bad. So hopefully he's going to take the call and uh, more to come on the, on the first edition of the total B she's in 2023. There might be a name change coming even. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. All right, Mike, we're back. And before we dig into (laughs) our interview... I think it's time for us to dig into a snack. You look snacky. You always look snacky. You're when you get watching here. me scramble because our interview guest has not answered his phone, and I'm getting <laughs> piping hot. He is. But I want to thank Jay Ganya from Main Event Munchies. I've known him for a long time, and he's put together a pretzel line called Main Event Munchies, as you can see here. And I promised him on the show I was going to do a taste test. So here we go. It's a pretzel, I believe. It is. I'm not sure what the flavor is until I put it into my mouth. Put it in your mouth. Uh, that's what she said. And then <laughs> then tell me your first impressions. The pretzel looks like what you'd get from any other major pretzel brand. Yep. This is a local brand. Support local. Here we go. Can you hear me crunching that? That's a good crunch. Mm-hmm. Tastes salt. I taste garlic. I like what I, I like it. You get the hit of Parmesan. That's what I got. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was, but yeah. Wow. We're going to have a second one. Yeah, do it. Have bear an, with me. Have here. another one. I, I've already had my, my sample and I absolutely loved the crunch. 
And I like that there was flavor. If you know, if you notice, there's flavor all the way around the pretzel. Sometimes you get a flavored pretzel. You got one side's got flavoring, one side's bland. He's going to be hot because I'm going too long. I don't think so. Three pretzels in. Yeah, this is a real good. That's a good product. That's a that's a good product. A good snack. Main event munchies. Main event munchies. If you see it, get it. Check them out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. You see it in a store, buy it. It's worth it. Absolutely. Love it. Are you calling that seller? Why are you calling me on Facebook? Welcome back to the Total Bees Show. We're joined by Darren Metzler, and I have to be honest about this. He was not a first choice. The guy who was supposed to do the interview has no showed, and now it means Steve Stryker is standing in. Steve, thank you for saving my ass. I always try to pick up other people's bookings whenever I can. I'm a scavenger. Yeah, you're a last-minute fill-in. A true MVP. I don't know how much time you have. This is seriously impromptu. Um, Recently, (laughs) Bob Holliday has passed away, so I wanted to start. What what is your memory of Bob Holliday? Well, I remember uh, Bob really early in my career, 92, 93, when I was doing a lot of shows with Tony. Bob was always around the shows. And uh, very often uh, gave the local guys uh, comp tickets to the WWF house shows, uh, WWE Now. Um, was always, uh, you know, the man. When he walked into the room, everybody knew him. My first memories of him, of him was a ring announcer at uh, Norbury School for the old AWA tapings. Yes. And Canada, Canada just scored. Nice. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, just, just an all-around Good guy, you know, for any social gatherings I had with him, you know, going out for coffee with Tony, Bob would be there very often. Just good hearing the stories, you know, going on the road, being an agent, uh, you know, he did a lot with WWF and Vince and Jack Lanza and and those days. And uh, there's just story after story. I'm sure uh, guys like Joe Hello and Tony and guys like that will be able to regale many, many stories of Bob. Yeah, hopefully on social media we get to see more of those memories and stuff. Um, okay, changing changing topics now. Let's talk about what you see in Canadian independent wrestling because I've always considered you a pundit with a keen eye. Winnipeg is a market right now that's hotter than any, hotty, hotter than anywhere. I call it the Chicago of the North. WWE in their last two TVs did 9,000 and over 9,000 for Raw and SmackDown. Raw was in March of 2020, right before the pandemic, might have been February. And SmackDown was in late September. And now all elites come in and they've already sold 7,000 tickets for their Dynamite show on March 15th. How hot is the Winnipeg market and how could people capitalize on it? Um, in, in, okay. I, I'm not so sure I agree with you. Okay. Um, let's debate. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's not a debate, but the AEW thing is a poor example. Okay. Um, uh, simply because it's, it's the first time they're in the market. Uh, arguably three of the guys on the show, two for sure. The draw, the other is, uh, you know, well known. Uh, Don Callis you know, does not count. I'm not taking a shot at Don. The guy can talk, uh, you know, people into seats. But no, he can't. Kenny and Jericho are, yeah, yeah. Kenny and Jericho are are the big draw. So they're gonna they're gonna draw big with AEW for sure. Yes. Um, you know, as far as independent shows, you know, running community clubs doesn't excite me. You know, like you know when you people get excited about getting a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred people to an independent show, where in reality. 
Um, you know, you should be aiming for five, six, maybe yeah. a thousand. I mean, obviously that, that is a, uh, is something of a dream, um, because there's so many different products out there. I mean, Winnipeg, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, out here in my neck of the woods, there's, there's a few promotions that I run, but you know, it's, it's slowed down here a little bit. There's guys running, but the houses aren't what they used to be. Yeah. So um, let me tell you why you're wrong. All Elite okay, came into Winnipeg good. with a very healthy ticket amount. It's a hundred dollars. It's more than a hundred dollars average for a ticket. It's actually comparable to Shania Twain cost of ticket. It's NHL type of, of Holy cost. Holy crap. And they got it. 7,000 right. 7, 7, people bought that. They, that is the purest of pure wrestling fans. So for them to be able to do that, my argument has been that I, I suggested to Impact Wrestling not two months ago, two and a half months ago, that they needed to bring their product to Winnipeg where I felt they could do 1,500 people. I think they mm-hmm. could because the market is that hot. I think yeah. we, I agree with you that the Indies have to stop the 200 seat venues. They got to get into 500 seat venues. They got to have a path to growing and to almost to the point where I almost have to sh- shut up and do it to prove it. But <laughs> you're wrong about all elite because all elite charging what they're charging and getting it proves that this market is hot. Winnipeg pro proves it too. Disagree. All right. This that doesn't make counterpoint. Right, counterpoint. That doesn't make, no, no, but you, you, you didn't count. You just said, you're wrong, and this is why. No, you just said, you know, they have ticket prices. Yeah, because it's a show. It's a bloody live entertainment televised event, just like SmackDown was, just like Raw was. Yeah. That's what it is. AEW is not going to pop that number three or four shows in Winnipeg. They're not. You're right. It's a, it's a one or two time uh, ability to draw that kind of money. That's so the type- what's your merit then? Because if 7,000 people in Winnipeg would pay that, and it will be more one by time. event day. It doesn't matter if it's one time. It sure shows does. the strength of the market. It's okay. Okay. It shows that it's a viable market for an event. For a wrestling. But it doesn't show strength. There is strength in the Winnipeg strength. market. Independents are drawing I, better than they have in years. I never said that Winnipeg isn't a bad wrestling market. I'm just saying, when you're talking about strength, you're gauging it on what? Just a bunch of guys are running and a bunch of guys' houses are up. Houses, what, I, define house. I told you what I'm AEW to the indie guys. What's the matter with you? This is good stuff. Thank you for doing this. I told you why the market is strong right now. Winnipeg Pro, I think, is charging more than 30. People bought tickets to AEW. And Winnipeg Pro, they're drawing 350 sellouts left, right, and center. You're going to compare Canada Life Center and AEW Dynamite making its debut with Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, arguably the top guys in the company in their own hometown to Deer Lodge Community Club. That's a stretch. What's the matter with you? Yeah, but I'm telling you that there's 7,000 wrestling fans willing to pay over $100 a ticket to see Jericho and Omega in their hometown. That means. For one time, yeah. It probably is going to happen more than once. A lot of people went to Jets games. Yeah. You know, like who cares? I I, I don't draw the comparison. A lot of people still go to Jets games. Like. Okay, Thirty thousand people go to bomber games. They don't go to rifle Is games. Winnipeg so I can a wrestling see. city. Yes. yes, hardcore. Okay, don't slow down there with the hardcore. Let me have another um, main event munchie. Okay, main, main event munchie. That sounds delicious. What is that? No, talk to Jay Ganya. He'll hook you up. Oh, jumping Jay. Oh yeah. That's a, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm I, loving this debate. Let's keep this going, please. Our listeners are definitely thankful that you're here instead of the guy that was supposed to be interviewed. Well, you got to pop a number, kid. Oh, yeah. Um, So, (laughs) no, I mean, the reality is when you're talking about an event like AEW, okay, uh, people are going to pay 
to see it. That's it. They're going to say, okay, cool. I saw it. It's the first time they're there. It happens every time. Now, as far as indie wrestling goes, yeah, there's a lot of indie companies doing their thing and they're happy. Hey, we got 150 people. Hey, we got 200 people. Hey, we got 200 people. Oh my God, we got 300. I mean, we did 300 at Chalmers once for God's sakes. Yeah. But does that make Winnipeg a strong market? No, but it makes the product intriguing. Okay. Now, with that said, there's damn near a million people in the metro of Winnipeg. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer, yeah. Yeah, but you're closer to a million than you're not. Yeah. Um, and so, so why are you only getting, you know, 200 people to a show? Why, because the promoters... I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, we're going to say the same thing here. This is where we agree. <laughs> we know so do you want to go down that road or do you want to keep bitching about something else? No, no, on the say, what you were, say what you're going to say. I'll, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I'll keep going. I'm just saying it's an investment. You know that and I know that. There's people that get complacent. You know, like, like, do people run wrestling shows? Independent promoters generally don't run wrestling shows to grow. No, they run a, they, they do a, a budget on a piece of paper. This is how you much know. it's going to cost. This is how much revenue I want. If, if the, if they even see a $5 profit, they're happy. That's really the Listen, truth. When, when the first thing, the first thing an independent promoter says is, well, I got a thousand dollars for payoffs. Or I got twelve hundred dollars for payoffs, or I got fifteen hundred dollars. They payoffs, never say that, <laughs> you know. No, no, no. But but well, that's that's how I did it back in the day. You, <laughs> you know, did like it I, different. I, I, well, but that, but whatever. There's everybody's got their formula, right? Yeah. You know, you got people. You know, like in 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 my business model, you know, I have a dedicated ring crew. I don't, you know, with, with all due respect to talent, paying their dues and talent, putting up the ring and tearing down the ring and respecting the ring and all that stuff. You know, I've always been of the mindset. I don't care if you're running a 200 seat community club or a 20,000 seat arena. Your talent is your talent. Your crew is your crew. And that crew, not just the ring crew, because everybody says ring crew in a degrading fashion. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, you, you're doing the ring. Oh, you're doing the ring. I'm not doing the ring. I'm going to the bar. You know, uh, you guys play video games now, but whatever. Um, the, the point is. <sighs> independent promoters, everybody has this starry eyed idea like, Hey, I'm going to run. I'm a promoter. Great. Yeah. Thank you for giving the local guys a place to bump. So what should a local, place to work? So what should local promoters do to get the, up to the 500? One is they have to move to a venue that can hold 500. Well, you know, again, Winnipeg being the hottest wrestling city in, in the world, Chicago uh, of the North, know. I said, actually, <laughs> okay, well, it's not even close to Chicago, but that's okay. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. But regardless of that, um, the market in Winnipeg, you know, it becomes a little clicky too. Like here in Vancouver area, right? You've got several different promotions, but every one of them is unique unto themselves. Yeah. You know, you, you've got uh, uh, Cobra Kai, uh, Steve. Um, From yeah, All-Star? Yeah, yeah. No, he's not an All-Star. Okay. You're well, on his own. Draw the picture for me, please. Well, I'm, I'm not drawing any picture. I'm just saying every company is unique like they don't even run traditional wrestling and they, they dress up people in characters and, and i don't know i know that wrestling is characters but i'm saying it in the way of you know they'll theme it you know mm-hmm. like a wrestler dressed up like freddy krueger or, or jason you know or whatever and it, it, it's 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 artistry yeah you know but everybody in winnipeg be it uh, uh deer lodge wrestling <laughs> Uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know the name of the company. Sorry, Primos. Primos. Okay. Well, there's nothing primo about it. Um. So, uh, you know, you've got 
I'm getting worked up here and you know it, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, you know, so so let's go to the same page so we're not debating. Here's what locals need to do. They need to go to a bigger venue. We have to agree that you can't draw 500 if you're in a 200 seat venue, right? They have no. they have to create the event atmosphere. But but but, but here's here's what I'll say, and I'll challenge all indie promoters promoters in what I mean. You know, don't be chicken shits. Yeah, believe in your product. The pro- your product. Yeah, one of the problems that they have is that they don't start with an, any investment capital. They don't invest their own money, and they don't have. Yeah, any- but most guys don't know what investment capital is. They don't know what what business is. Well, you they ha- just they just go on social media. They say, "Hey, we've got a show at that, that place, and we've got this guy doing that thing." Even though every guy works every company in the city, so you're yeah. not going to draw flies. Yeah. So how do you do it? Well, you, How do you do it? You and I actually are on the same page more than we're not, which is part of why when you come on, it's good to debate with you. I'm loving this. But we're going to move to the next subject in a second. So if you have anything left to say about what indie promoters or local promoters are doing wrong, let's hear it. I believe, last thing I'll say, I believe Winnipeg sure. is ready for that second-tier indie to come in here and partner with a Winnipeg Pro or even a CWE, like main, yeah. like uh, Major League Wrestling or NWA or Impact, Come in yep. here. They're guaranteed a 300, a 300 ticket base based on the partnership with that local indie. If they work mm-hmm. together, they should be able to get to 1,200 or 1,500. Do you think Winnipeg yep. would support that? Winnipeg could support that, but the work that's needed to be done to achieve that goal, I don't think anybody in Winnipeg currently is capable of doing that. I could do that. You're not running. <laughs> You're right. Anybody who's currently in Winnipeg right now is incapable of doing it. No, not incapable. No, I disagree. Not incapable. Oh, Danny yeah? Duggan could do it, but he's got too many dates on his calendar. But that's what I just makes said. Makes it challenging. Work. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling could do it. it. Have they? They haven't yet, but but they're on a consistent well, string well, of sellouts. They, like that, they've never not sold out. Well, sell out what? What venue? You're, they're selling a two hundred seat venue. West End Cultural venue. Center. It holds three fifty. Oh my God. <laughs> Shoot the parade, brother. Do it. But they sell out in less than a day. So there's definitely a ticket demand there. They're, no, they're, they have a built in audience. Nah, they're fixing it. They're fixing Listen, their shows. I will say this, regardless of we're talking about numbers here, I've seen, I've seen the energy and the excitement yep. in those Winnipeg pro wrestling shows. I, I'm not, taking a shot at any promoter in Winnipeg. Let's make that clear. Yeah, no. But every one of them is unique unto themselves. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling has their fan base, has their shows, and they have their expectations and they have their theming. It's one of the coolest things to come along in Winnipeg in years, the way they do things. Love how they do it. I really, that's genuinely the kind of shit I like. Yep. Right? Now, it's not a matter of, yeah, sorry, cheese. Um, but it's not, it's not, you know, Chris, you can chime in all you want, but you know, Danny, I'm trying, you know, and all these guys that are capable, oh, they could do it. They could do it. Well, if you're running a goddamn business, do it. Okay. Good answer. I love it. Great. Great. First thing to debate about. Let's go to the second thing I want to talk about. I know you've seen the video. I know he's your friend. He's my friend too. <laughs> what's your take on that? What's your take on the outlaw Adam Knight? Does he wrestle again or is he canceled? Well, I, uh, I don't know how 2022 is going to take that. I don't know how, um, he's going to take it, uh, you know, himself, you know, is he going to take some inner reflection? You know, I don't know what the 
the, the genesis of the whole thing was, but from what I saw from the video, um, really, listen, man, I've been around a lot of shows. I've been in volatile situations, but I've never laid a hand on a spectator Nor, for any reason. Yeah. And it's very, it's not common that you ever should have to. Yeah. But you don't really hear much about it anywhere. It's, no. it's not common. It's a rarity in the business, right? Yeah. Now you can say, wow, they should have had guard barrels or where was security? Okay. And, and, you know, I got this, I got this, you know, in the MMA thing, you know, up in Grand Prairie, you know, all these, all these guys would come in. They're like, Oh, where's this? Where's this? Where's that? This isn't the UFC asshole. It's an independent <laughs> ease show. Holes, ease holes. <laughs> yes. Ease his holes. Yeah. Yeah. It's too late. No, we got yeah. lazy carny. Over. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that, yeah. So you, so you think he has a hard time getting back in? I think Candelo or Primos, Deer Lodge Wrestling, as you like to call it, I think one of them is going to book him and say, we have a right to do whatever we want and we don't care if there's pushback. I don't yeah. think there's going to be a lot of pushback. The one thing that nobody, like nobody can say. Nobody C- will care. Yeah. CWE did a good job of not avoiding the story. So that story didn't get bigger than it did. No. They did the right thing, yeah. You know, and 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 you know, apologies to Primo's wrestling because no, I prefer to call uh, it Deer Lodge wrestling from now on. Well, it, that's such a Candelo thing to do. Hey, ABC wrestling, XYZ wrestling. Well, he so, is good. It's good to know the proper name. He right? refer- he refused to call River City Riverside. wrestling. It was always Evan Riverside, Feasing Riverside. <laughs> you know, so you know, Primo's wrestling. Yes, they put on their their shows and they bring in their names when they show up. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Oh man, so, I love you. You're saying all this controversial stuff it, for a guy who had not one second of notice you were coming on. You are you are doing great tonight. Okay, let's talk I'm more. Not trying to, I'm just passionate, man. Yeah. So it. so you think it it matters nothing, and Knight will have a, a path back if he wants. Uh, but he and so it's 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 a nothing story is what I've heard from a lot of people. And I well, it is a nothing story. Yeah. And I'll tell you why it's a nothing story. And it's unfortunate. Now, let's understand nothing story versus right and wrong are two completely different. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. OK, so so what 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 he did, um, you know, right right from the pizza box. Which made no sense. Like, why did he just randomly grab an empty pizza box? I think he was, was going to put it over. I think he planned to put it on what's his name's face. Uh, uh, James Roth. Well, he was using. He, I don't want to speculate, but it, that, that is that is a plausible. Yeah, that, that, um, that it all made sense to me to watch. Like, I was able to dissect it. The thing is, sure. the thing is on this. The problem is, if you keep booking Adam Knight and it happens again, like this is a four-time yeah. offender. How do how does the locker room trust he's not going to keep doing it? Well, there's, you know, honestly, there's, uh, you know, there's taking it to the next level and there's knowing how to take it to the next level. Yeah. You know, like Rick Patterson, you know, we've all worked with him over the years. I've been in the ring with him quite a few times. Yep. He, he, he's a guy that did the chainsaw gimmick for years. Oh, yeah. You know, in Japan, I think he had the chain on the chainsaw, but in North America, he did not have the chain on the chainsaw. It was a one in Rome thing. But that guy, as big as he was, uh, he would blare that thing through the crowd, but never touch a soul. Nope. And he would but, and he would usher people with his hands away from him. But he was so believable was that people were too busy running away from him. Like those yeah. three guys in the front row, I don't think would have st- would have bowed up to to Leatherface because I 
I was on the show with him and, and knew and loved the man, and I still was scared of him. Well, that's it, right? It's that unpredictability. Now, the, the, the problem, too, with the scenario, like let's just say guardrails and security, that's a non-starter. Don't even say Fans that still could me. have flicked the hat. He still would have come up on him. Like, night, he, night provoked it. With, uh, but it's a bar show. Yep. Okay? Anybody, and this isn't a shot, at, at, at night at all, right? But anybody who works a bar show or has experience working bar shows or booking bar shows or being in a ring or being involved with a show in a bar show, you're on heightened security. You're protecting and yourself venue. and your performance. Exactly. And, yeah. your, and, the, and your opponent. Big time. You know, you got to pay attention to your surroundings because any venue for that matter, not just bar shows, I'm not going to cast out just bar shows, but any venue that is serving alcohol Okay. And I can tell you again, you know, using MMA as another example, by the fifth or sixth bout of the night, uh, the alcohol is flowing and, and the profanity is flying from the crowd. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, you know, bars, you've already got a, a built in drinking crowd already because what do you go to a bar to drink water? No, you go to a bar to, well, you know, unless you're broke and try to mooch beers off people. Did I ever Never do that to you? In my time. Did I ever do that uh, to you? No, that was a Royce thing. <laughs> I love it. You're so loaded tonight. Just hitting the live rounds left and right. You know, God God bless him, but he was the king of, oops, not my round. <laughs> so I, you know. uh, local story that you might get a kick out of, we used to all go in a group of six, and the gimmick was you'd buy the first round, then you'd buy the seventh round, right? Yeah. So the guy who buys the first round is going to end up buying the one extra round. But guys like Ryan Wood used to have a knack of disappearing when it was their turn. And the round, yeah. be, and he, oh, where's Woody? It's his turn, right? Yeah, I know that game. Yeah, trust me. Then, then yeah. we got well, lucky. Jeez, we, Weeze, the Mecca Shane, and I, Jeff Dick would come out. He'd buy all the rounds. So we got out of that game pretty fast. But that's the way it used to be. You'd buy the, <laughs> he's going to have this, he's going to have that, I'm going to have this, please. And Ryan Wood would, would disappear on his turn. You know, I'll say this, though, as far as bars go, the most generous guy I've ever been in the bar with is, is, is Bobby K. Really? That guy's unbelievable. Yep. He'd buy shots. He'd buy a round. Awesome guy. Yeah. First class. You got one shot to to nail me with something <laughs> if you want. I still owe you money. I still owe yeah. you money. You know, uh, uh, if you want to, I'm okay with that. Vance Nevada talked about it in one of his books. Maybe uh, both of his books because I haven't read the second one yet. Well, wait till the third one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think somebody should publish a book of promoters that owe money and who they owe it to. It should be a almost like a ledger of promoters who promised money and didn't pay up. I owe, as far as talent, you owe I Red owe Lobster. Anything. You owe- I owe Red Lobster and I owe Winnipeg School Division number one. Um, <laughs> From Power Pro in 1997. <laughs> yeah, I owe him 75 bucks. <laughs> I think promoters should come on the Total BGC show and talk about something they owe. I owe you money, and I probably, if I really think about well, it, I, I owe you other people. You should just do the, the, the promoter's confessionary booth and just sit there. Just All sit right. There. Okay. Love you, buddy. Carry Thank on, you for coming on. Love you guys, too. Happy and, New uh, Year. You know what? I love everybody, no matter how great I am. All the best to you guys. Yeah. Take care. Happy New Year. <laughs> And now it's time for the Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary Brown's Chicken Crave Delicious. 
has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. The Mary Brown's mailbag is bursting this week, Mike. Let's get right down How to How do people business. send the, it in? I, I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. You're, you're always on top of me about that. Uh, they can send it in to our email, totalbeesshees at gmail.com. The hashtag totalbeesshees or hashtag Mary Brown's mailbag will find either of those on Twitter. Instagram, you can direct message us or you can even comment on a post, really. And same deal for Facebook. You could, you could comment on a post or the best way would be to direct message us for that. And this one is coming in. Through Instagram. All right. Tony Khan promised that AEW will not have the same fate as WCW. Do you think that he's correct? So that's um, a fair question. So Tony Khan's been, All Elite's been around for three years or four years now? I th- three, I would say. Yeah, three since they've been on TV. And they're doing a lot of things right. Um, they're drawing, they, look at what they're doing in Winnipeg, for instance. Um, so when I'm harsh and critical of AEW, it's because I think there's things they could do better, but they're doing a lot of things right. I don't know what it's going to take to, to, to mess up their momentum so badly that the, the company doesn't have a leg to stand on. They still do crazy pay-per-view numbers mm-hmm. and they charge a lot for their pay-per-view and they have decent live attendance numbers and, and they've got a good TV contract that pays a, a, a substantial amount. So I would assume the financial structure of that company is pretty sound, plus they're run by a billionaire. They could go into the red for a long time and not even put a dent, not even touch the net worth of the Khan family. I speculated that in 2023 that you'll hear Tony Khan has a, uh, has a hissy fit and says and talks about shutting it down based on frustration, not because of the business structure not being sound or that they couldn't afford to cover the losses they may incur. I see more that as internet fans start to turn on him or he loses momentum, he'll say, I don't need this. I can shut this down. It does nothing for me. A rant like that, that anybody that's been in the business has has done. Yeah. Except for Vince. I think for the most part, he's right. They're not going to suffer the same fate as WCW. But when they say that, he just alienates the heck out of, out of Eric Bischoff when he says it, because it's almost like saying I'm better than Bischoff. Yeah doesn't doesn't ring true wcw was a casualty of of corporate america changing they got really hot and then two years after they were hot by by 2000 they're out of business even though 98 they were very profitable that's not sound corporate judgment most people that are profiting 60 100 million dollars a year in 97 and 98 aren't closing their doors because they're losing in 99 and 2000 they're they're reassessing they're reexamining. so but the corporate America changed and, and the TV programmers at, at Turner at the time, T, TNT and TBS, didn't want to carry WCW programming anymore on their core programming. That's what killed WCW. Don't think it's, oh, the finger point of doom or anything. Business-wise, that's what killed it. Now, if Tony Khan was to lose television, he's done. Yeah. So when he says he's not going to suffer the same fate, he could easily suffer the same fate. And he is at Turner's, he's, he's under the same thumb as 
thing is, is the numbers that they generate as viewers on, on TNT is better than the NHL for <sighs> less than a tenth of the cost. There's no reason why Turner should ever want to walk away from All Elite in terms of a key, the key demo is males in a certain age range that are that they're delivering better than the NHL is for a lot more money. So they should be safe. But if TV ever changed or they did something stupid that got them kicked off a of TV, that would be hard for them to replace. We know it's hard to get a national TV deal because he's tried for Ring of Honor. Don't tell me he didn't pitch WGN. Don't tell me he didn't look at every carrier that would look at wrestling that isn't tied up with him or WWE. He couldn't get Turner to give him an extra hour. Part of that has something to do with the Briscoes, if you don't. like, yeah. I don't know what it is, but they're not allowed to put the Briscoes on AEW TV because of something stupid on social media years ago. So I don't think he's going to suffer the same fate as WCW. But don't make a flippant comment that makes it sound like you're saying you're better than the guys that ran WCW. It was a very hard thing to do in the 90s for Eric Bischoff to compete with Vince McMahon. He did it. He did it successfully. He lured away the right talent presented his program differently. People got behind it. It got hot. Thank God that happened. It was the first thing after the territories that was that good. So don't make comments that make Bischoff look bad. People who don't respect or value what Bischoff did when he ran WCW are insane. Okay, you hit on something. I know we're in the mailbag here, but you hit on something that, that kind of buzzed me a little bit. It's interesting. The pay-per-view numbers for all elite wrestling are strong. You're right. Extremely strong. And the price point is real high. You're right on that as well. Is that a viable way to go now? Because I think when WWE switched over to their subscription model with the network, I think a lot of people kind of thought that maybe pay-per-view was not viable anymore. Everyone thought pay-per-view was dead. And All Elite has sort of revived it, and it seems to be viable. Well, UFC has always kept a strong presence on pay-per-view, and so are box Boxing's still pretty big on pay-per-view. All Elite just, All Elite took the fan base that was disenchanted and lapsed from WWE and got them, we all wanted an option. I liked TNA in 2008, 9, 10, 11. Way more than I liked WWE. Mecca Shane and I used to get together to watch Bound for Glory every year. We loved it. We I, TNA was a product that I wanted to see because, sure, they made mistakes, but I don't like WWE in the mistake-free world they present. Yes. It's too polished. It's too perfect. It's too contrived. It's too scripted. It's too much. Whereas TNA, you could tell all it, it was probably chaos in the back, and it made for better programming. So now all elite has picked up all those laps fans who have, who think nothing about spending money to support the company. When people buy that, buy the pay-per-view, they could easily pirate it. They pay it to support the cause, yeah. just like they buy the shirt to support the cause that if he ever loses that fan base, if he ever loses momentum with those lapsed fans, or they just become disenchanted or disengaged, then he's in trouble. All right, moving on. Uh, a guy whose name we uh, have talked about before. We're not really sure how to say it properly. Scott Carnegie. Is it? Scott I, Carnegie. That, Scott Carnegie. You're say, you've said it. You just said it three different ways. <laughs> Sc Scott Carnegie is the way I say it. It might be Scott Carnegie. I'm not sure. But he asks on Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag, what would be a good Winnipeg venue to run a show with 500 plus people Bigger than a school gym or a community center. This is him calling me out because I say that's what every promoter's got to do. And this is, Scott's very shrewd. He's a very intelligent fellow. Absolutely. And rather than say, hey, Mike, you're wrong, he's challenging me to give an option, 
right? Right. He's saying, okay, I've heard you. Now prove that you know how to do it. There has to be such a venue. Now, in 2002, PCW went to the Investors Group Athletic Center. No one thought we could draw 3,500, but we drew more than 1,500. We didn't even think we could draw that much. And then I've always been in love with that venue. Um, it's not cost feasible for an independent wrestling show because you're talking significant investment to get in there for a day. Um, it's not easy to find that venue. There are adult venues like Cowboys that I believe it's a bar. I think you could probably do 500 people in that room. I'm not completely sure on that, but I'm pretty sure you can. Um the Park Theater, I think you can get close to 500 with a wrestling ring in there. It's close. And I know the promoters from Winnipeg Pro who know every venue in town are going to be like, no, nope, we already looked at that. Yeah. Because I mentioned um, I mentioned Rec Room and they said, oh, no, you, can, you can't do 300 people in that room. I appreciated that. They've done their homework. These guys are on top of it. Um, I think that there is there is like TechVoc Gym, which our friend Steve Stryker yeah. was on earlier. He ran a show in 1997. You're not going to get a school gym, I don't think. I think school divisions are going to shy away from combat sports or wrestling and the and the perception of what it is. Um, it's going to take creative. I haven't done the digging to find that venue, but it's their Kaboto Center, which Tony Candelo ran. I think that holds 400 or something. If And, you know, like... There is venues that you can find that they, yeah they exist the venue, venues exist yeah you just have to find them. and it has to be cost effective to run it right that's not going to be the easiest convention centers there investors group athletic centers somewhere in there um, and the thing is is that the promoter has to run a above board ship so that the come the, the venue is like okay you're professional enough to come back and continue running here there used to be roller rinks in town that guys could run could have a low ring in a roller rink because usually the ceiling isn't high enough yeah my big pet peeve on a venue is doesn't have a high enough ceiling yes because nothing worse than you can't do anything off the top rope right yeah. big thing about wrestling is you got to be able to do high spots to the ring and over and to the floor and if you don't have the ceiling space it's it's jabron. Um, but Scott, thank you for testing me. I don't know off hand, but it do, definitely does exist. There's there, uh, the Victorian has a ballroom, probably costly as heck to run. Promoters have to figure out how to get into bigger venues though, because if you're just going to run 200 seaters, you're not growing. All right. This one coming into our inbox on Instagram from Shelly. She says, Tony Schiavone recently mentioned in an interview that at 65 years of age, his days in the wrestling business are pretty much winding down. He's not sure how much he's got left. What do you think is the best way to utilize the, the older guys like Tony and JR in this day and age? So I think JR's expiry date is coming. Yes. I think he doesn't have the same energy that he had when he was on Monday Night Raw and in, in the Attitude Era when he when he could tell stories with the way he called action. Um Shivani is an interesting case because he seems younger than he is. He does. And isn't he now involved in like, um, what do they call it? Talent relations now? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And Tony Khan has rejuvenated a career that was long gone and forgotten. And I bet you Tony, I bet you Tony Shivani's made a lot of money there. Tully Blanchard as a 60 something year old man didn't make it as a manager. Really? I don't think Arn Anderson has really hit home runs as a manager. Yeah. And Jake, the snake Roberts hasn't hit home runs as managers. I don't know how to utilize that older that older guy and make them relevant. And I think actually the way to I would look at doing it is I would have them I would have guys like Shivani, Jim Ross, uh, Dutch Mantel, Jake Roberts, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson do 
um, like a vlog that's a critique of the show, but not like a podcast. So basically you're incorporating it into your all elite social media, your all elite programming where they, where they are critiquing a segment from a show. So you would go to Tully Blanchard or Tony Schiavone and they would, and it'd be them in a dark, like really well produced. And they're saying, you know, I was really impressed by this segment where Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega did this or Orange Cassidy or how great is this guy on the roster? Wardlow is going to be a star. And they're, they're, what they have to say is what is what people want to see of them on the show. The problem is, is male managers are dead. Yeah, Vince has made it impossible to buy into them. It's Heyman's the one exception. There were, Don, don't say Don Callis. No, I, I wasn't going to say. Oh, it. I saw you move the lips, and I was like, if I hear Don Callis, I'm going to. I'm not. I uh, was not going to say that. But Billy Gunn is doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, but it's rare at this point. So you need instead of looking for that male manager role for those older guys. I always thought Jake was taking himself too seriously, like he's still the snake in 1989. And I thought Tully Blanchard didn't really take to it the way he could have. And Arn, it seemed like a deer in headlights. It wasn't a natural fit. But I think if you have them imparting their wisdom based on what they're seeing and telling fans what they like about what they're seeing, it will help reinforce the program, will make them very valuable. And I I agree. I think the way they're utilizing Shivani right now is perfect. Like As a third broadcaster? They've got him on the show, but he's doing interviews too, right? So he's doing interviews. He's really good at that. He's strong at interviews. He seems to be able to roll with it. I think they're using him properly. Same thing for JR. They're using him very, very sparingly. That's what you need to do with a guy who's got a lot, who's got a lot of miles. He's still recovering from cancer. He's he's cancer free, but there's... There's long-term battle. There's there, a lot of miles on the tires for, of Jr. Like like you said, he's he's not he's not he's long in the tooth. Uh, I still find his podcast to be very relevant and great yeah. when he tells stories. I think he could certainly get guys across by doing what I just said. But uh, yeah, I one like thing that about Shivani that makes him so valuable is he doesn't take himself too serious. He's yes. willing to be the ass of a joke to be like he is a guy that's. He, I'd love to have a, a beer with Tony Shivani. Yeah. I can't say I, I, I can't put uh, Jim Ross on that list. I don't know that I'd ha- have a great time having a beer with Eric Bischoff, but I know I would love every minute of having a beer with Tony Schiavone. There you go, Tony Schiavone. If you're listening, Mike Davidson wants to have a beer with you. This man was a contemporary of Bob Holiday and somebody that we can lean on today to find out some memories about Bob Holiday and what he meant to Winnipeg wrestling. Tony Candelo, uh, share your thoughts on, on the passing of Bob Holiday today. Well, I'd seen Bob not too long ago, and uh, Joe actually asked me to invite him on my event that I had at uh, Central Cabot. Mm-hmm. You know, and Joe says, Tony doesn't look too good. This could be his last announcement uh, for the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he was right. You know, he was a great guy to me anyway, and many, many other people that I know. He was well-respected and uh, so forth. He was a good uh, writer for the Winnipeg Sun for many, many years. And, of course, you know, he was uh, with Vince McMahon there for a while, uh, you know, promoting uh, in Winnipeg and I believe in Saskatchewan or whatever. Uh, I used to cut his hair all the time. You know, he says, uh, Tony, you got to cut my hair. Nobody else could touch his hair. But anyway, uh, uh, he was a great guy. And as a matter of fact, uh, even the city of Winnipeg here, they have a street name after him. Really? I think it's Bob. Yeah, it's in... Uh, in San Vitao, uh, it's called uh, uh, Bob Holiday's Way or something like that. Yeah, it's right on uh, uh, St. Mary's, I believe. Yeah, on St. Mary's Street. 
Yeah. So and, highly respected, and, obviously. And um, do you have a favorite memory or like, why was he able to succeed for so long with WWF? Well, you know, I worked myself for Vince McMahon a few times and, and uh, I guess he could, he could take the punishment from Vince, you know what I'm saying? You know, Vince McMahon, the way he is, but uh, nothing against Vince, you know, he made millions of dollars in the game. Mm-hmm. But he lasted uh, for a while with Vince McMahon until uh, they did their own thing that they needed. And uh, because of television, they, they didn't need any front man to do their, you know, the promotion, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And uh, he, he was gone from Vince and, and then he, he retired, and we hanged out many, many times, went for lunch and whatever we did. And Red Top, of course, was one of his favorite restaurants. Yeah. And then another one was uh, uh, Cookie something, Chinese food, Cookie. I forgot the name, Cookie. So it's off the street. Yeah. He loved that soup. But anyway, uh, like I said, he was a great, great guy. Uh, I can always say anything against him or... Whatever you know, he always was good to me. Anyway, that's all I can say from him. Is uh, Joe Yellow called me actually, and uh, he told me that uh, Bob passed away uh, this morning. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a sad, sad, sad case. Sad case. Yeah, he battled cancer and he battled it heroically and successfully once, and unfortunately, when it comes back, it sometimes comes back fiercely. Um, Tony, thank you so much for making the time to talk about Bob today. And uh, I hope you're doing well, and I, I hope the, the holidays were good for you, and we'll connect soon, okay, Tony? Thanks uh, for letting me uh, talk about Bob and, you know, your uh, podcaster or whatever you, what do you call it? Po- the uh, podcast. Bad, what is it? The podcast. Broadcast. Oh, pod. Yeah. Okay, pod. <laughs> well, you know, you're, yeah. you're welcome to come on anytime you want to talk. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I 
I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?